Hopefully I'm not recording myself incriminating myself about what I do for a living now. <laughs> now I'm doing that, basically. It's yeah. fine. Well, it's fine. you're just, you're alluding to, not... Allu- yes, exactly, not exactly. I'm just, you know, it's insider secrets, you know what I mean? Tricks of the trade, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, then, let's get started. Welcome back, listeners, to Dance Robot Dance, our weekly podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. I am Tim. I'm going to be hosting this 240th episode of our uh, podcast. I'm coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. And with me, I've got Mark coming from St. Catherine. Say hello. What's up, everybody? I'm really wishing we could flip those first two numbers of this episode because I should be higher than I am right now for this, probably. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Nice. You know what I mean? Just nice. Yeah. So how's your pandemic week been? Oh, I'm COVID exposed at this point, so I'm having a fucking blast. You know what I mean? My sister's a teacher, obviously, in the Peel region. So, like, and I take care of her dog because that's what, how useful my existence is now, basically, because I, you know, freelance full time, can take the dog and stuff during the day. So I go to her house and pick up the dog. Well, she had a COVID kid at school the other day. So now I'm like, wait, I know she masks and stuff, but like, do I still, to, I still got to isolate, don't I? Like, I got to be careful now. God. Yeah, bullshit. this is the horse shit. So that's my horse shit. Case numbers right now are like starting to level off and like starting yes. to creep back up again. It's like, yeah. Oh wait, like didn't schools just open a couple of weeks ago in most of the province? Like, yep. Fuck every goddamn time. Big fucking surprise. And but then like it, the, both sides are complaining about it. It's like, oh, the kids got to go back because like socialization and stuff. And I'm like, I've seen your no, kids. You're just fucking sick of your kids at this point. Exactly. First of all, it's that. And second of all, like I've seen your fucking kids. No amount of socialization is gonna fucking help anyway. <laughs> so like, who gives a shit? I don't want to die from COVID. You know what I mean? So like, keep your fucking kids at home, you little bastards. <laughs> if we ever need to distance ourselves further from our parents' podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely just did oh my this god is I very much geeks without geeks without kids give your fucking geek factory no, geek factory your fucking disease factory kids off the fucking streets <laughs> and you stay off the streets too fuck yep. you know oh uh, anyway so i mean i'm sure i'm fine but it's just like now i gotta like not go to the grocery store and shit <laughs> like this sucks yeah i got a lot of drawing done i guess I mean, assuming I don't choke up on it long or something, you know, we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. If this is the last episode of the podcast, this you guys know what happened. That's that's it. You know what I mean? If I cack in between now and then, <laughs> there it is. Brutal. There it is. All right. Well, on that happy note. Oh, Jesus, uh... Tim. What was that? <laughs> Hi, Mr. Simpson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fantastic. That, was, that was my awkward feel uncomfortable with this line of uh, discussion. Uh, see, I'm just I'm having fun with you now at this point, you know. <laughs> so yeah, what well, I said on that uh, happy note, we'll get into this week's news. Well, let's start on the fucking downer note. Downer for me, Mark doesn't fucking care. That Daft Punk broke up this past week after 28 years of making a lot of very influential sort of genre bending, genre crossing music in terms of you know sampling and electronic and pop music and all that kind of stuff. The robots have called it quits. I saw a thing on Twitter that said they should have just passed the helmets off to another set of French DJs. Done, done the Dread Pirate, Dread Robot Robert, Dread Pirate yeah, Robot, Dread, pi- like Dread Pirate Roberts or something. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> and it just like never, never tell anybody, just pass it off. And it's just, there's always a Daft Punk. That would be fucking <laughs> I, dope as shit. And they should have done that. There's there should always have now, been a Daft Punk. Yeah, there's enough people now that ape their sound to an extent that I feel yeah. like they could get away with that 
to to some extent, but I think you would ultimately. I mean, you would know because well, no, you know, because like, but like, you would yeah. also like, you'd be able to tell, you know, the the different generation or whatever. But I mean, just like you know, there's like still the temptations are still a thing, and I think like it's only one of the original dudes or something. That's what I mean. But I feel like with that punk specifically, because it's so impersonal with the masks and stuff, like yeah. you could totally get away with it. Just like there's always a Batman, you know what I mean? Like there's always a Daft Punk out there. Yeah, but I mean, the, and you don't know what he's doing. <laughs> the masks were just a gimmick. The spirit of the music was. You know, Thomas Bengalter and Guy Manuel Diomem Cristo. I still think they should have done it the superhero way and like passed it on like as a mantle. <laughs> it would have been cooler. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, they, you know, they haven't put out anything really significant since Random Access Memories. And that was almost 10 years ago at this point, which feels crazy. But that was uh, 2012. You know, they're going to be one of those artists that are spoken in the same breath as like Radiohead or the Beatles or like that or Bowie. Yeah. Like they are one of those, you know, truly formative artists. So I will miss them, but I have plenty of music to go back and listen to and enjoy. And yeah. So let's see what else I have. We got a title finally after some fuckery uh, for oh, yeah. Spider-Man three. Um, so first off, several of the actors shared different names on social media that were actually like all mocked up like as though they could have been the real name um i don't have those ones in front of me do you remember what those ones were uh no uh one was like spider-man um phone home phone home was one yeah i remember phone home because it was on the red background i was like that one actually sounds right like that could be the thing but it was spider-man phone home what were the other two spider-man home wrecker yes yeah, I saw that one. That was good. And Spider-Man Home Slice were the three like jokey titles that the actors that play Peter Parker and Mary Jane and uh, Ned. Noise. Hey, <laughs> we're leaving that in. Oh yeah, that's that's fine. I'm just juicing a bottle. It's good. We moving up over there. Is that what's happening right now? You got to fucking get through this horseshit news somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, and the actor that that uh, played Ned. Uh, shared those um, but then we actually got the proper new title uh, which is spider-man no way home which is a little dire and dark but i mean at the end of the last movie he was his secret identity was outed and he was basically considered a villain so i think that fits with the tone of of that setup they also announced the fucking release dates like christmas or some shit so like yeah spider-man movies yep. let's do it yep. i'm on so- board yeah, so I mean, I, I'm if I'm vaccinated, I'm going to the fucking movie theater to see Spider Man. You know what I mean? I think uh, we can hopefully safely say that we'll be vaccinated by fucking Christmas. I hope Fingers so. Crossed. <laughs> so I can go see fucking Spider Man. God damn it! Yeah, I might. Br- I would. I would risk it otherwise for Spider Man. That's the movie. They did it. They figured out what movie it is that will make <laughs> me force me to go to a movie theater. It's got to have fucking Spider Man in it. Really, Bond, Bond wouldn't have got you. No, mm. I don't think I would have gone. I wouldn't have rushed for Bond. Yeah. I didn't rush for Tenet, True. but I'll fucking rush for Spider-Man, apparently. So, <laughs> at least this Spider-Man. Yeah, we did also get uh, release dates for a couple of other Disney shows. One is Loki, which is going to be coming out on June 11th on Disney+. Plus. So, does that mean, I guess it's not going to be tailing right off the end of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. is going to be a couple weeks. Uh, it sounds like there's like a month break-ish. Yeah, because f- how many... I, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is like eight episodes. I think it's eight also, there. yeah. So that would put it through May. So there might be a little bit of a gap in there. But there is going to be Star Wars in between that, although it's animated Star Wars. But still, like they're, now they're starting to get that Netflix like coverage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where like, every week they've got something... 
specifically for us you know what i mean yeah. like they've got the nerd guys like they've got us locked in now but like yeah, the people that aren't like pumped for you know like the next big disney animated movie yes this is what they've been lacking, right? Is that hook for us all the time. I guess they started with Mandalorian, but like since Mandalorian season two started, like yeah, we went right into WandaVision. Now it's going to be, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Then it's and then the Star Wars. The Bad Batch is, is yeah. starting on May the 4th. Be with you. There you go. And then you're and then you're right into Loki, which will probably be followed up very closely by the next one. Miss Marvel, maybe. I don't know what's next after that. Yeah. But like they're going to be winding these things out like week after week now. I'm okay with that. That's the plan. And I'm I'm much more into that than I am CBS's idea of fucking Star Trek every week. <laughs> Picard season two just wrapped or something like that, or has started shooting or something. I don't yeah. care much. We got an announcement that has really got me intrigued and strangely concerned also for Disney plus about Ron Moore or Ronald D. Moore, uh, who is the guy that rebooted Balsar Galactica in 2003, who is developing a theme park, Disney theme park shared universe for Disney Plus. I don't know what. Wait, say that. Say that again. So they're developing a show called the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. It takes place in a universe where basically Disney parks where like the different parts of the universe or world or whatever are based on Disney parks, like attractions and lands and rides. So like there'll be like a land that's based on like the haunted mansion or like one that's based on like, there's a Swiss family Robinson, like treehouse in one of the parks and shit like that. I don't know how this works. This doesn't as a big fucking Disney parks nerd, this doesn't work in my brain, especially not with Ronald Moore, who did like the fucking gritty dark Battlestar Galactica reboot. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, they, they did very successfully parlay the Pirates of the Caribbean ride into a lucrative film franchise. So, you know, this seems like something that they're trying to do in that same vein. But on the flip side, they also made that fucking terrible Haunted Mansion movie with Eddie Murphy. So I like honestly, you said the concept twice and it still doesn't make sense to me. Like, I still don't understand I exactly I'm, what I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to see more about what the actual yeah, plans are I'm before fucking lost, in. like yeah. totally lost as to what's going on right now. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's fair because you're definitely not the target audience. Oh, no. I full on am the target audience. And I still don't know. Like, mm. you know, this seems like the sort of thing that like should be announced. And I should say like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. I can see how they're going to do that. You know, they could do this and this and this. But none of that is coming into my brain. So agreed. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Let's see. On the other side of the aisle, on the HBO Warner side of the aisle, uh, the Blue Beetle movie got a director. Angel Manuel Soto, who has directed a previous movie called Charm City Kings, who is Latinx himself, is going to be directing this movie, which is cool because it's a Latinx character. I don't know if any of these movies are ever going to happen, so like I don't know how to talk about them anymore. Because whenever they announce one of these, it's like, yeah, we're going to announce a bunch of stuff, but like... Well, I think the yeah. ones I think the ones at this point that I'm most interested in are the ones that are are these more sort of like off the wall concepts. I would be interested in seeing the especially if they're going to do like it's Jamie Race, right? Then yeah, uh, I may I may race yeah, or Jamie, yeah. depending on which version you're yeah you're reading. Yeah, like I like that character from what I've read of him, like a little bit here and there. But like 
I, so I'd be on board for the movie, but like, fuck man, they're still talking about that flash movie. Like they've got a Supergirl, six Batmans. I think they've got a green lantern in there. Now I'm pretty yeah. sure Starro's showing up in that fucking movie at some point. You know what I mean? Just like everybody's going to Amazo's going to be in it. Uh, who fuck more suicide squad with like yeah. every character under the sun. fucking somehow Thor is going to show up. You know what I mean? Like just because, cause like Hemsworth is everywhere. That is <laughs> who knows. I'd be down. Uh, fuck DC wishes they could get fucking Hemsworth in one of their movies at this point. <laughs> See, Superman and Lois got had their pilot episode. I have not watched it yet. I will probably get to it in the next couple of days. Um, but it seems to have decent reviews so far. You know, people are saying it's kind of got heart and kind of a unique tone compared to a lot of the other flareover stuff, which I'm down for. I mean, I was sold on this fucking series to begin with, but I I am going to watch it. I have not watched it yet. I was actually meant to, but I watched Superman three and the idea of watching more Superman anything just. <laughs> nope so so you're not going to be down when i uh introduce the idea of watching all of smallville uh after superman 4 podcast is over <laughs> this well, is the last episode of the podcast i'm hoping COVID takes me if you that's your plan find somebody else i'm not doing small but there's no fucking way no i don't first of all there's way too many nexium jokes that i'll be making like yeah. we'll just we'll get kicked off fucking itunes for if you make nexium jokes every fucking three seconds and as much as i thought she was cute like i'm still gonna make nexium jokes still you know what fucking i mean sex trafficking cult yeah so there's still like she has yeah, like allison mac's still a fucking sex trafficker so like yeah no no to smallville <laughs> uh what do you think about the announced uh cast i guess of uh star trek prodigy which is all aliens no human characters i'm fine with it that's it that's all i got super jazzed with uh with the idea of star trek prodigy to begin with nor am i but i think it's kind of dumb but like you know whatever i mean to be fair the animated show it was the best of the bunch so far right like lower decks was fucking head and shoulders better than the two other live action series which is just an embarrassment (laughs) you know what i mean but like still so i and i do appreciate that like three you know maybe three or two or three of them depending on how you look at it are not like super anthropomorphized aliens kind of thing because that's always yeah. one of my big hang-ups on uh, in star trek in particular is that so mm. many of the aliens are like oh look at this alien that has you know two arms and, two legs and is yeah. approximately five and a half to six feet tall and yeah seems yeah. To, seems to represent as f- male and female genders and that kind of yeah thing. yeah absolutely <laughs> so, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see how they play with that dynamic of having some like truly alien species on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm like uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Captain Janeway to show back up, or I guess mm-hmm. it'd be Ad- might be Admiral. I don't know. We'll have to see when the show shows in. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, Lord Dex was the better of all those shows at this point. So like, I'm more on board for the animated stuff, I think, than I am like <laughs> anything else. Although I guess like Strange New World started shooting this week, so like there's still hope. Oh. You know what I mean? There's still hope. It's slim, but there's still hope. (laughs) Yeah. And then the only other thing... Oh, there was one other Marvel series that we did get a release date on, and it's the one you probably forgot about. MODOK. Oh, Uh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) The Hulu. I think it's like the only fucking Marvel thing that's still happening on Hulu. MODOK's animated series is coming out, which I think is like fucking stop motion. Uh, animation is coming out on May. Yeah, isn't it? First. Isn't it the guys who do Robot Chicken's animation that did the? It it fucking looks like it. Basically, I think it is. Trailer, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, either way. I mean, it's Marvel. I'll watch it. And like Modok, that's such like a weird like 
left side, like next wavy kind of concept that I'm like, yeah, I'll probably watch that because it'll be insane. Yeah, so. with, with Patton Oswalt vo- voicing uh, Modoc. I like Patton Oswalt also, so like, yeah, yeah I'm kind of in. Yep. And, uh, oh, and your uh, favorite, oh, was Melissa Fumero, the, which, which character is she on Brooklyn Nine? Amy. 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 Okay. Yeah. She's yeah. on, she's, uh, playing a character in this as well. Yeah. She is my favorite. That is my, I wish <laughs> the best, the best. So that's everything I had. Did I miss anything, Mark? Nah, I wasn't paying attention. It's fine. Fair enough. All right. We can move on to our geek of the week. Which is a segment where we discuss the nerdiest things we've done in the past week or so. So, Mark, what is your Geek of the Week? Do you remember, like, Ghouls and Ghosts, I guess, would be the mm-hmm. Genesis version? Yeah, so they put out a, a new game, that, actually today, basically, called Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. Um, that's like a 2.5... It's a uh, uh, yeah, 2.5D side-scrolling thing for mm-hmm. the Switch. It is as difficult as the old games are. I haven't played a ton of it yet. I was hoping to get more time on it this weekend. But then something else happened, so, like... Maybe not, and I'll have to report more next week. But yeah, I was I, that was what I was going to be talking about. But I only got through the first level, and it kicked my ass because it's old school, like Ghosts yeah. and Goblins hard. But it looks cool, and it plays in like it plays right. It feels like Ghosts and Goblins. So yeah, go check that. It's only forty bucks too on the Switch. So that wasn't one of the ones I ever owned, but I think I rented it at some yeah. point, and then was like, why the fuck did I subject myself to this? Why did yeah. I pay to fucking? be like beaten down in this fashion yeah they're merciless games but like i have a a fondness for those kinds of things occasionally like i I get into that kind of thing and ghosts and goblins is one of those series that like i pick at here and there because i just like the the ambiance of it more than anything else yeah so yeah i go back to those games a lot but the new one's pretty good like i'll have to like report in later after i've gotten past the first board because like like i said just like nintendo hard so (laughs) nice my geek of the week is like even geekier than usual. So I participated in a pirate themed murder mystery last weekend with my family over like a video call. So it was, we'd just been like, we've been doing since kind of since we moved up here, like these weekly family dinners on Sunday nights. And we were just looking for like something fucking different to do. And my dad has a like pretty legit pirate costume that he wears like every Halloween for whatever reason. And like he so we were just like, well, let's do a murder mystery, maybe. And so my sister found one that was pirate themed and it was a thing that that happened and that we did. It was kind of fun. (laughs) You sound like you don't you, you don't look enthused at all. You sound it was it was one of those things that like, you know, Going into it, I wasn't like super enthused about, but like I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll give it a shot kind of thing. Sure. And then like it was fun while we were doing it, but like now that I'm kind of sitting with it afterwards, I was like, that's something that I have to live with that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like make me watch Superman 3. <laughs> hey, you didn't have to watch it as many fucking times as you did. That I is take your, notes. That is I have to take notes on these fucking awful things so that other people listen to me and know not to watch these horrible movies. Or, hear me out, you could watch it and take notes on the first viewing. <sighs> no, they don't get an honest reaction to how fucking miserable these movies are. <laughs> I'm definitely doing that for the fourth one. And to be honest, I didn't actually watch it like twice through. I mute-watched it the second time through to make sure mm-hmm. that my my notes were right. And they were. Oh, they were accurate <laughs> and factual. 
All right, well, let's fucking rip this painful ass bandaid off then. It is meat of the episode time. Meat of the episode. Synthetic Kryptonian meat. Oh, God. So, I want to die. In, as, uh, as you know, listeners, we have been uh, going through and rewatching the cinematic Superman films and uh, have done so far the first movie and then both versions of the second. And now we are into a dark, dark time. In oh, Superman's my God. History. So we watched Superman 3, which was directed by Richard Lester, who did the shittier version of Superman 2. And still brings back Christopher Reeve as possibly the only good thing about this movie. As yeah, there's, like th- there's two good things about this movie. It's Christopher Reeve and Annette O'Toole. And that's fucking it. Like, literally no, it. There is also that that blonde. I mean, yeah, she's pretty funny and attractive. <laughs> but, like, that's about it. And also stars Richard Pryor and Robert Vaughn as the main villains. And about 16 pounds of cocaine between the two of them. <laughs> And relegates Margot Kidder to a fucking like background role in a framing narrative, unfortunately. And <sighs> so, Mark, what were your top level thoughts about Superman 3? I hate you. And uh, I never want to see this movie ever again. And I've never been so frustrated. And I wish Joel Schumacher directed this. And I would rather watch Batman Forever. <laughs> oh, those are bold and, words. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I'd rather watch Batman Forever than this. I'd, I'd like. rather watch Batman Forever than this. Batman and Robin or this. Oh, that's a tough call. See, Batman and Robin I find enjoyable because of the camp. Like, you can rip that movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's bad, but it's like, it's that bad. You know what I mean? Oh, we can rip this movie. We're about to. We're about to rip this movie. But this movie's also, like, horribly boring in big chunks, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's just fucking <laughs> doll is fucking dry and robin you just forget those parts no there's always something there's always something insane going on in batman and robin there's There's always always something neon on the screen there's always something neon in like uma thurman's chewing the scenery for no fucking reason even though she's reading a recipe off a goddamn like out of the newspaper and she's chewing the scenery this one is like richard Pryor looks bored like richard Pryor is boring in this movie yeah, that's why I don't think there's any coke involved. I think there's maybe a Oh no, there there was because like that's why he took it because he was in the middle of a mad coke addiction while he was doing this movie. Mm-hmm. He might have not, he might not have had a lot of supply on set, but he was definitely in the middle of his drug phase <laughs> while this movie was happening. Well, that's that why he took that 5 million dollar exactly. paycheck. He needs that yeah, needs that fucking money. Yeah, so I mean there's there's got to be a reason why he said yes to this script cuz like <laughs> so high level this sucked like this is bad <laughs> and i feel bad for saying it because there's some good shit in here like but you gotta dig for it like you really gotta yeah. like be looking for it and it, like by the time it hits you you're like oh that's really nice because i've been suffering for an hour it's and like, there's finally something good here it's and like just looking for fucking nickels <laughs> and a pile of shit it oh my nickels like pennies <laughs> Because there's so little good out of it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, oh my God. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty much in the same boat. This is real bad. Definitely. I mean, I, I didn't remember this movie finally, but it is worse than I remember. Oh yeah, me too. Absolutely. Uh, and I think part of it is just that the, it's just fucking age like milk. Oh, you know, it, I can, I can imagine a world in the early eighties where this would have been not acceptable not this amazing, is acceptable but, but acceptable yeah, but like but fine you know like moderately entertaining yeah but just 
but you know this is one thing that just by like fucking modern standards just i does not hold up in any way shape or form no unfortunately it's like it's weird it's fucking boring it's sexist it's racist it's like everything else possible for a 1983 movie <laughs> like it's well, crazy. Well, then, Mark, maybe you can tell me the weird, boring, sexist, racist plot of Superman 3. I just want to prepare everybody because I have four <laughs> fucking pages of this shit. All right. So we're just going to go for it. I'm just like, we're going to go. All right. So the movie starts with complete horse shit. Richard Pryor is Gus, and he's been unemployed for 35 weeks. It's fucking amateur hour over here. It's been like three years for me or whatever now. So it's fine. So we move to the street. Because well, he gets told he's been cut off of unemployment, right? So we go to the street where like Richard Lester, like his floppy gag cock is out on full display now. You know what I mean? It's just out there. God. Seriously. This is the scene where I was just like, yo, shit, this is going to be real hard to sit through again. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, good. More of this fucking slapstick bullshit with a flaming penguin and a blind dude. Like, it's definitely not. It's definitely going to be, you know, even worse than Superman 2. Well, it's like, it's like who's who saw the stupid shit at the end of the theatrical cut of Superman 2 and was like, yeah, I want a full movie of this Batman. Movie. I want a whole movie of this Batman 66 level horse shit. Like, that's all I want. Like, all yeah, I mean, of it. Everything. We've we've reviewed plenty of, like, campy, you know, fucking slapsticky movies over the years. And yeah. I'll do more. It can work. It just doesn't fucking work with Superman. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Either way. And, like, upon rewatching this, it's, this whole thing starts because the blonde woman, like, the villain, uh, Lorelai is the name of the character, is so hot and somebody looks at her. And the whole thing starts because she's so hot, she distracted a dude. And, like, literally all of Metropolis, like, basically falls apart because a hot woman walked down the street. It's just... Oh, my God. Either way. <laughs> so... This guy's drowning in his car because of all this nonsense that's happened, right? Superman goes into a photo booth. And this is like, I like this gag because it's like a Superman thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, I I see Superman doing this, right? He gets in the photo booth, comes out, realizes the picture's been taken, goes over and just gives the kid the last one kind of thing. Like, that's cute. But like, a whole movie of this shit? No. You know, like... Imagine how much, like... 50% 50% of the fucking budget of this movie was probably spent on that opening sequence. Yeah, they, sh- they could have get their money back, basically. Because, <laughs> like, the best part is he doesn't even stop the bank robber that's in the middle of, that kind of yeah. is in the middle of all this also. Like, he just saves this dude who, like, how do you drown in a car like that that's got a sunroof? Like, you, what are you, a fucking idiot? Like, open the sunroof and climb out. Yeah. You don't need Superman. Yeah. Superman just destroys your sunroof. Like, how are you going to claim that on your insurance, man? That sucks. <laughs> Anyway, I hate my life and I want to die. So let's keep going through the credits. And the credits happen. Also a and thing. they're so bad. And they're the terrible this time. This time. Are, are so bad compared to the last two. Yeah, they're like just they're miserable like, this iconic, time. Iconic like line art and everything and like swooping down at you. Now it's like, here's some fucking blurry shit that like we did in the worst computer program of 1982. No, this is not computer, man. That's old school optical horse shit. It's terrible. It's too bad for computers. Like even stuff that, like in 1983, this is like. No, no, it wouldn't, be, wouldn't have been a computer. Anyway, all right. So Gus, Gus has found a job because I, he saw somebody's matchbook that said computer training, and he went and did that. Now he's like, just just a fucking savant. He's a savant. He is so good with computers, even though he has no idea what's happening at all. He's great. All of the computer stuff's nonsense. Like it's it's all so wrong that it's not even worth pointing out. Wrong by those by like 1983 standards. Let alone fucking 2021 standards. This is like what our parents thought computers were. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what I mean? They can do anything, right? Like, oh, the weather satellite obviously controls the weather. It doesn't detect the weather. It controls the weather. Like, this is what our parents think technology does. Maybe some of our, you know, compatriots also, because it seems like people our age don't know what a fucking computer does either. So who knows? Yeah. Either way. Uh, so we get this quick scene at the Daily Planet with Lois, like her 32nd appearance before she's off to Bermuda while Clark convinces Perry to let him do a story on his high school reunion. So Not we get to go to convinces. Smallville. Like just kind of mutters it at him while Perry kind of just waves him away. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? I get it. Right. Exactly. This is the best stuff in the movie, though. All these <laughs> actors feel like they're like 100 percent like dialed into their characters. It mm. feels like a snappy, quick, like Superman opening scene kind of thing. I'm like, this is fine. This works. This is OK. It's a little too goofy. Like it's, you know, he's doing it's, the fucking lottery yeah. thing and stuff like it's too much, but they feel right in those roles. And I'm like, you can do this. Yeah, they still got great chemistry between them, the, the between Perry and Clark and Lois and, and Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. And like, obviously, like everything linchpins on Chris Reeve, who like, first of all, is ridiculously too good for this movie. Like just <laughs> he's putting so much work in and it's just not he's carrying. Working. Like, he's carrying the whole fucking thing. He's, like, carrying, he's like, dragging this movie. kicking. Oh, my God. I feel towards, so bad for it. It's a terrible conclusion. And does he not look good? Like, oh, holy so- shit. He is yeah. fucking ripped in this movie. He looks like Superman in this movie. He, he looks, looks fucking fantastic. He looks like fucking Kingdom Come Superman in this fucking movie. He does. Movie is the note fucking that I had. huge. Because like, it's been like, keep in mind, those first two movies were filmed back to back. Back to back, So yeah. it's been a good like four or five years since they filmed that movie. So he's aged. He's matured. Filled out a little bit. Filled yeah, filled out a little bit more. Working um, out, obviously. Like, continue to work out because he's fucking yeah. cut as all balls and in I this actually, thing. Like, I sat crazy. down and did the math on this, too, in terms in the in-universe. This version of clark is like in his like mid to late 30s at this point yes 36 in this movie yeah because it's a he goes to his high school reunion which is class of 65 and it was filmed in 82 so he's probably like 35 or 36 in this fucking movie so yeah 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 he just he looks fucking dynamite in this movie so whatever uh also another tool she looks dynamite Mm -hmm. too we'll get to that in a couple minutes because that doesn't happen for like another hour in this fucking thing so (laughs) the scene like i think it's the next so yeah the next scene gus gets paid and has a chat with his buddy where they basically like they explain the plot of office space to us (laughs) 20 years in advance or whatever (laughs) i wonder if this is if this is the origin of that trope they mention it in office space they're like what are you doing it's like they're basically the plot to superman 3 (laughs) go watch office space they fucking say it in the movie it's crazy So either way, so the, yeah, the, 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 the remainders of the pennies go into a separate account and he, you know, Gus does Which the thing. Which is shit. That's not yeah. how that fucking works. <laughs> yeah, no, but the, the, the weather satellite in this movie controls the weather, Tim. And also, it can scan deep space. Like, uh, it can, like, the Enterprise E can't scan that far out into fucking space in the 24th century in Star Trek. And this thing from 1983 can scan Krypton, which is supposed to be three galaxies away in this movie from Earth orbit. So the rules are just out the fucking window. You know what I mean? The rules don't fucking matter anymore. It's that's done. your main problem? <laughs> oh, no, that's one of many problems that I have with this movie. They just compound each other. You know what I mean? Gus is like, after a week, he's the greatest super genius on computers that has ever existed. This yeah. movie, it feels like they put... they had Brainiac in the script at the beginning and then they pulled Brainiac out and that explains his computer genius powers but like all it's just all gone anything good about this movie is gone Mm -hmm. i.e. Brainiac could have been in it or whatever either way 
The scene of Chris Reeve looking like he fucking wants to die as he's sitting on a bus, knowing full well he could be like in Smallville in 30 seconds if it weren't for Jimmy, is just chef's kiss good. Because he just, he looks like he's never been that bored in his entire existence. Like yeah. he doesn't understand what this kind of boredom is. Because he's never had to travel like that. He's like, why do you do this? This is awful. I loved it. I love it. Yeah, so that's fantastic. Like that look on his face is just like... I love it. Either way, uh, they get stopped because a chemical fire is happening. Uh, Jimmy Olsen is a complete idiot and runs into it. I was actually kind of glad that they gave Jimmy anything something to to do do this fucking time. Even even it was just getting in trouble. So Big Blue had to save him. But like that's that's a total Jimmy thing to do. This movie is just like it's like the ultimate Silver Age two issue filler arc. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nothing matters. It's just nonsense and just a bunch of craziness. Yeah. Just and like to it, try out a new artist or a new writer or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what it feels like. I'm like, why are you making a fucking forty million dollar movie about that? Like that's not the oh. forty million dollars in nineteen eighty three. Like yeah, this like is, this is like a half a billion dollar movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is Avengers Endgame. You know what I mean today? Like what the fuck? Anyway, so he yeah, so Jimmy goes into this chemical fire. The the fire's roaring out of control. Superman goes in there. It's this pretty good supermaning also because he does like some problem solving stuff. Like he's getting those people off the roof and like he's going in there and lake and well, we'll get to that because I like that, but that's a good bit too. But like he goes in and talks to the doctor who's just storing so much acid. Like who needs that much acid? And uh, yeah. Of that specific a kind, also. You know what I mean? Like, it's so specific. Keeping it in very dramatic, uh, clear cylindrical vials with no lids on them. (laughs) With the room that, like, is cast with red light as soon as there's the glare, (laughs) like, the faintest glimpse of a fucking catastrophe. Everything just turns to, like, red alert lights and just looks super ominous. I kept waiting for that fucking Chekhov's gun to go off, and it was, like, the last, like, three minutes of the movie when it finally fucking so much acid in this movie, though. Like, there's, like, three instances of acid in this movie for some reason. Either way, so, yeah, Superman realizes, like, oh, the water, and the water pressure fucking dies off also. So he realizes there's a lake three miles up the road and, like, just Supermans it, you know what I mean? He goes over, he freezes it with his freeze breath, picks it up this effect looks good for 1983 also like i think this is a fucking dynamite little sequence he he just dumps the ice sheet on the fire and puts the fire out because he's superman and he does superman things yeah yeah that's the kind of shit superman does like fucking waking up in the morning and putting his socks on just (laughs) superman shit i was like this this stuff i'm on board with you know like when he's just supermanning yeah Great, be Superman. Make a whole movie of this. Because then they drop the ball huge. He stops a fucking hurricane, but they have fucking Richard Pryor tell us about it. Anyway. I know. <laughs> oh, that old sequence was like, Jesus, oh you fucking like, really phone this in, huh? Yeah, just brutal. Either way, so we get to the Smallville reunion. We get to meet Brad, who is just the epitome of 80s douchebag just villain. Just a piece of shit. Yeah, just, just a piece of shit. Piece of shit. We see Clark chatting with some old lady, which is a great shot because the the old lady, I don't know if they got him on fucking stilts or what, but he, he's like three feet fucking taller than this lady. <laughs> it's an awesome shot. And then also, like, he's so much more relaxed in these scenes as Clark because it's not he's not doing bumbly Clark to fool like the Daily Planet and Metropolis, Metropolis people. Things, yeah. These are the people he grew up with who are kind of used to him being semi normal. So he can just kind of like be chill, Clark Kent. So it feels kind of like modern Clark Kent more because he's so much more like relaxed about everything and not bumbling constantly. Like he's a little bit of it, but not a ton of it. Yeah. So I liked his performance in this either way. 
yeah, we get to meet. Uh, he turns around or basically like looks over and sees Annette O'Toole, who is playing Lana Lang. Um, and he Yet looks as alliterative Superman love interest. Yes, I'm just glad they haven't gotten to the fucking mermaid yet. You know, I'm sure that's <laughs> she's probably in the Snyder cut. <laughs> oh Jesus! She's in the Snyder cut. Either way, so she and Clark fumble around until Brad's a fucking douchebag, and she and Clark go to dance. I did actually. This is where I noticed the year basically, and I did all the math and was like, oh yeah, his birthday. If his birthday is in 1947, he's 36 in this movie because it's 1983. Yeah. So like, he's peak Superman right now. Yeah, I love that. I love. I I I'd like to see more movies like this where it's like you know Superman that is has been Superman for like fucking ten plus years. I mean, we talk yeah. about that with Batman all the time. I want to see that. Yeah. Same shit with Superman. Superman man that's been in this role for quite a while and is super comfortable in it and yeah, yeah. would it be nice to see them do a movie version where they have both of them who've been around for like 10 years and like are chummy and shit but like yeah. you know like the chummy like comic not like comic chummy where like it's basically just them giving each other shit all the time yep, absolutely that's i like i just can we get there dc like let's get there no i mean we've got cut. that superman now basically with with superman and lois assuming they Nailed that's true that, he's been doing it for a while so, yeah i mean you know yeah so if they can let's bring us a bat let's get us a bat yep. let's find us a bat uh yeah gus gets his first check for embezzling that's pretty much it awesome good for him clark and lana clean up from the reunion uh i like again this is like just chris reeve is so great in this because he's not bumbling clark mm. also Annette tool like <sighs> yeah anyway uh i think they talk about her moving to metropolis or something like that in this scene this gets brought up number of times and it's like mm-hmm. basically another foreshadowing thing that'll get paid off later in the movie um we finally meet ross webster who is basically lex luther's post-crisis version he's a corp like a corrupt corporate executive by robert, played by robert vaughn yeah uh so he's and it's just like poor man's fucking gene hackman you know what i mean like all through and through it's so embarrassing some old dude tells him and his younger sister that they make a big fuss of that she's actually his younger sister even though apparently she looks older than him even though she doesn't it's just sexism it's fine yeah it's (laughs) fucking terrible jokes anyway great let's keep moving on yeah they find out that somebody's been embezzling we see Lorelai again and like i i don't know what the relationship's supposed to be but like they're trying to figure out who embezzled all this money when gus drives up in a ferrari (laughs) problem solved i guess (laughs) like that at least that it, that was a decent comedic beat at least when you've got like fucking when you've got fucking Richard Pryor rolling up in a Ferrari like yeah you can tell that he just like just fucking boxed he doesn't yeah. drive it yeah yeah I okay mean, Richard Lester we'll give you fucking that one I'm barely giving it to him you know what I mean like <laughs> barely barely because the scene like up until that point is way too long mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like that's the big problem with this movie is anytime we get onto the villains. It's just going to grind to a fucking horrible, like, just stop. Well, they want to spend, like, a ton of time showing off all the fucking money they spent on those sets. The fucking, <sighs> the fucking, uh, oh, that Snow office. Hill and, yeah, oh, office. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, and the computer. Slopes. Yeah, and the yeah. computer. Yeah, oh, I know, it's brutal. Either way. <laughs> so this, like, this is, yeah, this is, like, the nadir of this movie. Like, these three characters just get worse and worse as the movie goes on. <laughs> Clark and Lana take Lana's kid, I want to say Ricky, bowling. Yeah. Clark has a close but not quite confrontation with Brad because Brad needs to teach the kid how to bowl properly and Clark thinks you just let him do it on his own. Because Brad needs to swing his dick. Yeah, because Brad's an asshole. I like this because like Superman's still a dick in a couple spots in this movie, but like if, if this was the Superman <laughs> from Superman 2. Brad. Well, no, but I mean, like, if this was Superman 2, like, the, the guy who bullied him in Superman 2 didn't even know that he had done it anymore, and he still beat the shit out of him. Could you imagine what he would have done to Brad by the end of this fucking movie if it was still that Superman? 
He would have thrown Brad down the fucking aisle instead of like launching a bowling ball. Pissed him in the fucking orbit. <laughs> he was that guy. He was so fucking annoyed all the time. <laughs> Either way, nobody notices or suspects that Clark might be Superman after he super sneezes the ball into the fucking thing and they fucking vaporize, like the bowling pins vaporize <laughs> on impact to help Ricky out. Whatever. Great, fine, cute. I'm whatever. It's just Chris Reeves selling all this shit to me. You know what I mean? Like if he wasn't yeah. in these scenes, I'd be like, fuck this horse shit. This is terrible. Stupid, yeah. But like, He's selling this whole thing to me, you know? That's it. Gus gets called upstairs. He thinks he's going to get fired. Instead, Webster and his sister recruit Gus to do computery shit, because that's basically all it is at this point. Just computery shit. And wavy fucking. The problem here is these fucking scenes just go on for goddamn ever, and there's all kinds of stupid horse shit going on during them, whether it's prior vamping aimlessly, weird psych gags, or, like, the two women fighting. You're not impressed by the... By the fancy monochrome fucking monitors that are like six inches across. No, (laughs) no, not at all. Like this guy would be fine if it was like a TV, like this is Superman, the TV show or Supergirl, the TV show. You know what I mean? But like the last movie had fucking Gene Hackman and Terrence Stamp as the villains of it. You know what I mean? Like, this is a fucking major step down. I've been, I've swearing a lot in this episode. Like it's brutal. It's killing me (laughs) anyway. So there's a stupid subplot introduced where a pair of contest winners at the planet get sent to South America. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. For more fucking like just slapstick horse shittery. Yeah. Like just horse shittery, you know? Like it's stupid. Either way. Because yeah, because now Gus like Webster's gonna send Gus to Smallville to use this, just another random satellite or some special satellite uh, that can also control the weather. Even though that's not a thing, but you know, fine, whatever. So, but he to do it, he has to go to Smallville so that, like he can't get detected. In 2021, we call that using a VPN. But fair enough. Here, here we get to watch him get fucking Brad loaded out of his mind. <laughs> just like, yeah, <laughs> like, like obviously a suitcase full of alcohol. Yeah, just like totally, uh, you know, helping the alcoholic <laughs> down the yeah, fucking exactly. road. Definitely enabling. Yeah, enabling. That's <laughs> enabling the word I was looking Brad's for. Brad's fucking yeah addiction. Either way, yeah. So he's got to go down to Smallville. I like his the, his reaction shot to how quaint Smallville is when he gets there is actually pretty funny. Like Richard Pryor. He has like a couple moments where like him just yeah. reacting to shit is funny because Richard Pryor's fucking hilarious generally. And you can tell like if he w- if this was like actual Richard Pryor in the situation and not Richard Pryor fucking shoehorn into a PG yeah. movie. Yes, like, exactly what he would fucking be saying in that situation. Absolutely. <laughs> Could you imagine the cracker yeah. jokes that be flying out of his fucking mouth? Like jokes and shit. Oh my god, it'd be fucking just genius i could i wish i'm sure they shot a bunch of footage of him just like on set fucking around and i bet you it was way funnier than everything they actually (laughs) shot for the fucking movie either way clark and lana are having a picnic and lana's kid who i'm like is he supposed to be special needs like he seems to get like he's having trouble you know communicating with his friends and like he needs a lot of help and stuff and i don't know how he fell because he just ran like he goes to chase the dog and the next shot like is dead he, silence he hit he's hit himself on a rock in a field of wheat <laughs> that's what i'm asking that's why i'm asking like, man because he like, found the one fucking rock in this whole goddamn field and he smashed his fucking skull off of it like just to, managed to trip on it and hit his head <laughs> on the same fucking rock that he tripped on which they think is physically impossible I don't know. What is so fucking dumb? So either or, way, Clark or just got like, or he's just fucking suicidal, and it's just like I'm just gonna end it and bash my head against. He's like, rock. I can't stand watching my mom get fucking massively permed yeah. on by that skis bag, Brad. Dad. Fuck you, Brad. 
poor kids getting told like your mom's so fucking hot at school all, all day you know what i mean like your mom's a milf your mom's a milf your mom's a milf fuck <laughs> i don't know whatever poor kid either way clark hears the dog whimpering and takes off to change into superman lana's distracted by the oil pan fucking leaking or some horse shit i don't know uh i like the transformation effect where he's yeah, behind the good. thing like that's kind of cool yeah that was, was kind of slick for the time yeah, for the time, it looks pretty good. Um, the problem is, like, he's so slow. Like, he could have zipped over there, saved the kid. And they'd have to ruin the guy's fucking tractor in the middle of doing all that also. <laughs> yeah, they're real inconsistent on Superman's powers in these movies. And me, yeah. like, a continuity nerd, like, they actually make reference in this movie to Superman's, like, super hearing. Yeah. And I, the last, like, two movies has been, like, doesn't he have fucking super hearing? Can he not? Or super speed? On? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so, like, yeah, he saves the kid. And like ruins the guy's tractor. Superman meets Lana because he flies the kid down to Lana. He takes off again, becomes Clark. Lana's panties instantly become soaking wet. She's. I always feel like she's more into Clark than she's into Superman in this movie. Like she's always kind of like, oh, all right, Superman's she's here. That's nice. But like, them, I think. yeah, fair. But either way, yeah, Clark's. You know, of course, he's just back to bumbling Clark. I love like the the quick transitions that they do in this, where he's like, yeah. you're looking at him as Superman one second, and then the next shot, like he's coming out of a fucking sewer like drainage ditch or whatever yeah like ass first with the fucking dog in his arms or whatever it's just fantastic christopher reeve you know good stuff it's the only fucking thing that makes this movie that's uh, that's why we're talking about it so much i think because like it's the only good shit that i can like tolerate in this movie because the rest of it just makes me just angry this is where gus goes and finds night watchman gar uh brad and they get drunk together and then they have to like and then he weekend bernie's him to get the yeah. fucking computer turned on and like, what were, those look like hair picks that they were using as computer <laughs> as keys. keys, I guess. Like, I don't, it's so fucking weird. No, I don't think anybody's ever designed a fucking computer like that for a fucking like wheat company in fuck off Arkansas. Kind well, it's Smallville. He's in Smallville. I know. Right? <laughs> like Smallville, Kansas. In, re- in real life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And how is that the only one? Like, how is that the terminal that can access the satellite? Because that's what he does here. He starts well, fucking with the satellite. It's more. They they did actually explain that it was more that like he they wanted him to do it from some like smaller oh no i get that i understand that but why from smallville because like it's so coincidental because that just happens to be where superman is because superman just happens to be there this week so we're gonna do it either way i think is this where he does columbia yeah he does right so like gust causes digital mayhem and starts a hurricane in columbia so webster can have coffee bean monopolies i don't I hate this fucking movie. It's exhausting. It's, it's like a precursor to the shitty fucking like trade federation bullshit in the Star Wars prequels, basically. Oh yeah, great. You're gonna win me over by bringing up the fucking oh, prequels, no, Tim. Oh, that is that is me highlighting how bad that. Is <sighs> Jesus and how, Christ! And how fucking useless that storyline is. So they yeah so they they put everybody in Colombia in jeopardy, and then instead of showing us Superman Supermaning and saving Colombia, we get Gus, who's clearly Richard Pryor, who's high as fucking balls, retelling <laughs> what Superman did to stop whatever they did. He then proceeds to ski off a roof, fall a height that should have killed him, and then ski down glass onto the street <laughs> where he strolls times. away. <laughs> Richard Lester's the worst director I've ever fucking seen in my entire existence. like I fucking hate him. I don't like I don't know what else he's directed. But I hate him. Can you imagine being anybody else like in that room, like doing a read of that script and reading that and being like, who's going to tell him that he shouldn't do this? And just nobody has the fucking balls to be like, yeah, that's too fucking stupid. You can't do that. (sighs) Somebody should have done it. (laughs) (sighs) 
Gus uses the satellite to scan where Krypton was, um, which from what I remember was in a different galaxy, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't fucking matter because these movies suck now. He uses this random 1983 satellite to scan deep space, which like, I'm pretty sure Starfleet can't do in the 24th century, but that's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's it's a comic book movie. And get like detailed. Like, I was just going to say, and they get detailed, detailed chemical composition of kryptonite that he is able to identify from that far. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Stupid. Don't, don't think about it too much. And then like a little bit of it is unknown. So he adds tar and sure. Great. Whatever. That's fine. All right. Clark gets a call from Lana asking if he can get, so like Clark's gone back to Metropolis. This is a weird, it's a weird little cut where like he's gone home, like back to Metropolis temporarily. temporarily, And then she calls him and he goes back kind of thing. It's weird. He gets a call from Lana asking if Superman can show up at her stupid kid's birthday. We're really like turning on like the anti-kid thing this week. eh? like (laughs) geeks the kids. Guy. Fuck this child. I fucking hate kids. I hate them all. Get away from me. So either way, so she wants him to show up for her kid's birthday, and he does, but it turns into a giant celebration because I guess small towns, you know, bad gas travels fast, right? Uh, so they end up having like a big like day, Superman day, basically, where he gets the key to the city. Um, somehow Gus finds out about this and shows up disguised. It's just so fucking random. Shows up disguised as a general, rambles about plastics for five minutes, and then gives Superman the pseudo kryptonite. And, like, nobody fucking questions any of this shit at all. Yeah, that's totally a normal thing that happens in Smallville. Yeah, like, the mayor's not like, who's this fucking guy? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, we don't even have a military base within, like, 50 miles of here. How'd he get here? Like, it doesn't make any fucking, like, nothing. He's just there. It's fine. Also, was there, were there black generals in the 80s? I was going to say, yeah. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody would have been like, ha, 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 black. Being driven around by a woman, also. Being driven around by a woman. You know, like, probably not. I don't know. And only a woman. Like, that's his only security. Maybe that was a fucking stupid racist joke on (sighs) Lester's part, in which they fucking... I wouldn't be surprised. This fucking movie is just (laughs) abysmal. Four fucking minutes he spends talking about plastics, though. (laughs) Do you actually time it? I did. I sat there and fucking clicked from like beginning to end of the rant when he actually starts talking about Krypton. Like it's four fucking minutes. Just I don't know. Either way, uh, so we get back to Lana's house and Lana. That's just Lana gets a call asking if Superman's still there because there's an emergency in town. That's <laughs> just what you do, I guess. Superman's still around. Yeah, he's still hanging out in my house having fucking sandwiches. Great. All right. <laughs> Superman totally ignores it because he just wants to. Because that ass is there. Basically, that's yeah. the only reason for it. And like fucking fair play to him i guess she's ridiculously attractive he snaps out of it but he's like a minute too late to stop the truck from falling even though there's no real fatalities he's immediately just like flying off the handle into like petty dickhead mode now right he straightens the leaning tower of pisa the villains discuss his sudden newfound douchebaggery that's apparently already hit the news because it's everything happens just fucking like at light speed in this world he blows up the relay torch for the 1983 olympics Mm. I don't think there were Olympics in 83, but you know, it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. Cool. His fucking costume gets darker. Yeah. It's co- I like the, like the color change is good though. Like it looks good. I like it. It's fine. Gus gets cold feet about the plan. He then shows them that like, he's hemming and hawing about the plan. And then he gives them the plans for his giant supercomputer that can take over the world. Okay. You know, fine. Whatever. This is just... <laughs> what? Who wrote this? Like, what are the motivations for these characters? It makes no fucking sense. It, it feels uh, like eight fucking like scripts frank frankenstein together into one or some shit it's like lester like knew they were never gonna let him make another movie after this she's like let's take all the ideas that i've got and put it into this one oh (laughs) just fucking terrible so gus gets cold feet about the plan he shows him the supercomputer stuff and then like the other part of the plan is to divert all the oil tankers on earth which is just 
how you know like none of them all answer to the same authority they're they're all for working for, it doesn't matter all the oil tankers are going to be diverted to the middle of the atlantic ocean and i i guess they're just going to keep them there or sync them with the satellite i don't know what the plan is they're just there at this point except for one which <laughs> kicks off the most ridiculous fucking sequence in this movie this is my favorite sequence of the movie because it's just like batshit insane the one boat doesn't go like Lorelai pretends she's about to commit suicide at the Statue of Liberty. Superman instead sees her, decides he's horny, I guess, I don't know, and goes to get a piece before she jumps, right? She tells him that the sole tanker that's not following orders, so super like that, that and that's the reason why she's gonna kill herself. Superman goes out and punches a hole at it, causing a giant ecological giant disaster. And then he goes back and gets his fuck on with the blonde. I'm like, <laughs> this is the best shit. That has ever been put to film. <laughs> Just evil Superman literally causing massive ecological damage to get his dick wet. That's the Superman I want. That's my Superman right there. <sighs> I love it. It's just why. I don't like why. You know? So, either way. fucking sequence hurts my brains. We see people fighting due to the oil shortage, except it's ridiculous Richard Lester nonsense pratfall horse shit as opposed to like anything serious or like, you know, actually feeling like there's stakes here at all. Like it's just two dudes having a fucking goofy fight. Yeah. Um, there's a weird shot where a newscast is added onto a TV, like via chroma key kind of thing. Like you can tell it's been like placed on there in, in like special effects in post and it looks weird. Um, we see Gus realizing he's fucked up, which he should have realized at the beginning of the movie and then shot himself and we would have all been saved a whole bunch of shit. Either way, montage of dudes building Gus computer in a canyon somewhere. Brad is still stalking Lana who randomly decides to go into town with her kid to see Superman who's, who's just getting loaded at this point and he's flicking ultrasonic peanuts at bottles in one of the most iconic <laughs> scenes in cinema history. <laughs> Fantastic. And a very memed scene at this point. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, uh, it's still pretty effective actually like it's it's kind of weird to see superman do that he's so petty though you know what i mean it's It's so little it's all this little shit he's breaking bottles he's melting mirrors he's screaming at people and so i'm like i guess it's it's pg you can't do like what really happens if superman has is having a bad day gets pissed off and like you cut him off in traffic well he cuts you in half you know what i mean like (laughs) they can't show that shit but like so it's this is it's all whatever the boys Oh, I mean, yeah, now we can do it because we have injustice also. Like, that's been yeah. happening in video for years. It's all fine. But, like, in these or movies... The, the crime syndicate of, of America. Oh, yeah, that happened in the comics before this movie came out, probably, right. too. So, I mean, whatever. Either way, you know what I mean? It's just, it's 80s kids movie stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, you can't have your hero be too evil because <laughs> whatever. I like the coloring of the evil suit. I know you, you sound like you're not on board for it, but I like that it does that weird, like it gets dark and grubby looking and stuff. As I'm like, I, I'm kind of on board. Alone, I like that idea, but like, just not in this bullshit where like they just never fucking explain it. Or I mean, they never explain any of this fucking fucking shit adequately. I want to ask you because like, so if Superman takes off, like he hears Ricky's plea to make sure that he still got his conscience, and like that affects his conscience so that he. Like he's flying and he falls into a car dump or whatever this place is supposed to be, like a car disposal place. And the people working there see that Superman is clearly having a nervous breakdown. And instead of asking if they can do anything for the guy who's essentially Jesus on their planet and has saved them from like millions and millions of things, they run away so that I'm, I think Superman has a Tyler Durden fight in this. Uh, right but it's comics so like he legit may have split in half like yeah, kirk in that I dope tos too. episode i mean it could be the kirk thing but like i mean it wouldn't 
Yeah, it's definitely it's happened comics. I, I think that's I think that's what's supposed to actually happen. Is yeah, like, fair. Yeah, his Clark persona actually physically splits off from this whatever this Dick Superman persona <laughs> has has uh, become, and then because like both of them are having physical impacts on yeah the the, the, on environment. Yeah, on the yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah, that's so, fair. I guess. I don't know. You could fucking interpret it either way because they because they don't fucking explain it at all. No, and the only reason Why that it's even remotely it watchable is because it's Christopher Reeve doing it, and he sells every fucking second of it like it's the most important thing that's ever happened in the universe. Even though it's like this has got to be the worst script he's ever read. You know what I mean? He must have read this and just been like, "Oh fuck! Like, what did I do? Like, why did I sign up for this shit? They were gonna put Tony Danza in this. Like, I could have gone and had a real career, but I decided, fuck, fuck. Anyway." Yeah, so we basically have like a TOS like Kirk versus monster Weird fight. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous, right? Superman decides like more acid, right? Like Clark pitches him into a, just an open pit of acid, no OSHA compliance whatsoever, just a pit yeah, of acid there. No railings. There's no railings. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Superman comes out of the acid because Superman can't die in acid. It's ridiculous. And he blasts the acid at Clark, who yeah. his jacket gets ruined, which is tragic because it's a nice coat, I guess. <laughs> and then like they, they fight a little bit more. Superman beats Clark up with a piece of tinfoil and then he trash compacts him and Clark survives and like a bunch of other shit happens. But at the end of it, he just fucking straight up strangles himself ish to death. Yeah. Like just full on on camera fucking strangles the evil Superman to death. I was like, he, that's he reincorporates him into sure. He still looks like he fucking strangles him to death <laughs> on camera. So like we couldn't do anything more grim than fling fucking peanuts at bottles. But now we can strangle a man to death in like in complete frame. Okay. With like real shitty effects uh, when like disappears again, but I mean, it, I compared it to TOS for a reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Either way, so he's good now. He's back. Where everything's fine. Like this is again. It's just like the the one where he gets like the last one where he gives up his powers. He's evil Superman for thirty seconds. He's human superman for 15 minutes you know what i mean like it doesn't last long enough to really have an effect on anything it's just a, an interesting sequence yeah. in the middle like, of the make movie this the whole fucking movie kind of thing or absolutely whatever. you know yeah. i don't know either way so he fixes the tanker and then he goes to find lorelei and then finds a video of the sister daring him to come get them these people are insane as far as the world knows the last time we saw superman he took on three completely equally to him powered villains who all disappeared after that. So we can presume he killed them. <laughs> These people are regular humans. What the fuck do they think is going to happen to them at this point? They're going to get vaporized by heat vision. <laughs> they annoy him too much. Like, that's what I would think. I'd be like, I don't want to fuck with that guy. Those three superpowered motherfuckers just vanished. Yeah, so, one, yeah. We don't know what happened to them. He, we don't know what he did to them. You know what I mean? He could be torturing them still somewhere. Like, we don't know. Superman looks happy, but like he could be a best evil prick. <laughs> in this movie he is either way so these people are nuts <laughs> like <laughs> it's the peak of hubris oh yes the man god who could stop the planet from rotating and kill three of his fellow man gods we could take him out with a bunch of strapped together 286s it's fine <laughs> who writes this shit <laughs> fucking Commodore 64 <laughs> it's gotta be an Atari because the graphics look like Atari graphics <laughs> so there's that the three main villains take personal balloon things down to the cave where they built the computer, it's which is next dumb. door to where the Holy Grail is in the Last Crusade. But no one cares because Superman is better than Jesus and they have Superman in this universe. So it doesn't matter at all. Uh, anyway, Gus takes a mule because it's funny, I guess. 
<laughs> yep. I guess from that pause, I'm saying that's hilarious either way. Uh, so the villains get to the computer and they know how to use it. Cause of course, cause they're ahead of Gus. Cause Gus took a mule. <sighs> so they can know how this thing works. They detect Superman is incoming and they start shooting rockets at him with some straight up Atari graphics. Yeah. Remember when you thought like that was badass fucking computer graphics. You, you were a kid. You're like, man, I wish video games looked like that. I don't know that I ever thought. That. I don't think I did either, but I'm just saying, but so we're clear for power scaling and stuff. He stopped two nukes, two movies ago, mm-hmm. and they thought these rockets were going to stop him. Okay. Yeah. Seems, I mean, obviously great. So then he finally, he, yeah, either way, the big rocket knocks him out a little bit. Which you would think if you were the villains, you're like, oh, fuck, that was our big fucking shot. We got to get out of here. He's coming. He's pissed now. Like, he's yeah. going to he's gonna vaporize us like he did the fucking Kryptonian villains. You know what I mean? Like, we got to get out of here. They don't. And they wrap him in a plastic bubble, even though they know full well he can survive in space. So vacuum. Well, but he actually does seem like kind of like. I, honestly, he, has, that, to, though, he so. has to be fucking like. He has to be fucking play acting at that point because, like, he could he can live in space, so it makes doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyway, he and then he visions it off like that. So, what the actual fuck? Either way, it was leftover from the like cellophane S shield that they. <laughs> I was gonna say to. they found the, the the recipe to the cellophane S shield that took out Non and they used it <laughs> against him. They 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 um reverse engineered it to use against him or whatever. Sure fine whatever he still can breathe in space in this version so like <laughs> wrapping him up into a vacuum doesn't matter either way the computer starts self-powering because gus has found the, the one screw that powers the whole thing i guess i don't <laughs> fuck i don't know how any of this oh yeah absolutely everything about this movie is 100 percent accurate to how computers work as i understand it as a computer science buyer like absolutely absolutely 100 percent. yeah so he takes the power out Budget Gene Hackman comes down and starts yelling at him. Fucking, there's a scene where he swallows the screw and it's like supposed to be funny, but it's just dumb. At this point, the computer starts to self power because it's become a, like self aware because it's so powerful. Uh, <laughs> uh, it creates a kryptonite ray, which finally it does something that would actually hurt Superman as opposed to just a bunch of random horse shit that can't really affect Silver Age Superman. <laughs> and that, like Gus actually has to do something because he takes an axe and like, you know, he goes and takes the thing like the kryptonite ray out superman just pieces out he's just like you know what i'm, I'm done and he just fucking uh, he just bounces yeah. he doesn't say anything or whatever the computer goes nuts and grabs the sister and in what i think in 1983 like kid mark i thought this was scary and now it's just like the worst special effect oh, jesus that's ever happened uh the sister gets pulled in and like basically assimilated Right? Like, she's basically turned into a Borg. Yeah, temporarily. Yeah, temporarily, too, because, like, she just magically, it's fine afterwards. Like, it just falls off her. She's unassimilated afterwards. (sighs) They have to do microsurgery to Picard to get all that shit out of him. But, you know, (laughs) just falls off. It's fine. He was was assimilated for longer. She was assimilated for, like, six and a half minutes. I guess. Either way, the costume's fucking abysmal. It really is. And, like, I like that she's still so petty that she hates the hot girl. And st- yeah. that's the first thing she does is like attack the hawk, not kill her, just inconvenience her, kind of send her into a wall. Yeah, and I like I like that she's the first. Oh no, it's not. It's Gus that she goes that Soups goes after at the end first to. Uh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's Gus. He goes to help first. So either way, Soups comes back now. He's got one of those acid canisters from earlier in the movie with him. That the computer is an idiot. 
and like detects that it's there and realizes that it's inert while it's you know not under temperature load but computers do this thing uh where they process electricity to give you the results that they do and they put off excess heat so <laughs> the acid as the computer is powering up and doing all this crazy stuff the computer heats up so does the acid and then the acid starts eating at everything hey that finally pays off <laughs> yeah and uh, Superman doesn't actually do anything to win this fight. He just opens a canister of acid and then gets sucked into a computer. And that's kind of it. Like the acid. He, he wins by brains, which is nice. But this is the, your third Superman movie. And shouldn't we have him punch something? Because he hasn't he punched. punched. He, punched uh, he punched the fucking Phantom Zone villains. And they punched him. Bunch too. That was the last movie, though, Tim. If, we're, <laughs> if you're doing multiple movies, you should have Superman maybe punch something in all of them. <laughs> Because it's cool when Superman punches shit, right? Because he's super strong and stuff. Anyway. Yeah, well, when you make a, decide to make a fucking Superman movie that doesn't have any super-powered villains, then it's kind of a problem. Yeah, kind of like they should have had Brainiac in this movie. Wait. They, they uh, fucking planned to. That yeah. was the, the original script. Fucking had Brainiac. I am well aware, Tim. I read, <laughs> I read the TV tropes also. <laughs> so everything caves in on itself. I love this because it's so like 80s where Superman's climbing over rubble as opposed to like how you would draw it in the comics where he's just flying or floating, hovering yeah. over it because he's Superman. And he goes and gets Gus. And I guess, again, either the other three are dead or he just leaves them there. Because he just fucking bolts with Gus at this point again. Why does he leave his villains to either die and or go on and do things to escape, I guess? Either way, I hate this movie so much, Tim. I don't don't even know where I am anymore. So he flies Gus off. They drops him at a coal refinery where he snags a lump of coal, which I like. He's so quaint. He asks if he can have it. Like, it's just... I love you, Christopher Reeve. This 60 cent fucking piece of coal. Yeah. Which he then, obviously, Superman compresses into a giant fucking fuck off diamond. Huge fuck off diamond, yeah. That he's going to give to Lana. Because at some point in this movie, she mentioned that she had to pawn her diamond ring from her first marriage or something like that to make ends meet. You know, struggling single mother tropes. Good times. He then, like, yeah, he leaves Gus there because Gus doesn't want to fly anymore because Gus doesn't like flying, hence the mule. And, like, kind of vouches for him to have a job with computers, which probably shouldn't no no you should definitely be one of those people that's like under an order to like never touch a computer ever again. yeah because he's uh almost caused the apocalypse like twice just by having computer access which is cool i mean cool good for him but like not a good idea anyway so where are we at yeah so clark meets lana at her hotel which i i guess she's in metropolis now they're not real super clear about like where she's supposed to be because brad shows up even though they're in a hotel so i don't know what's happening at this point Brad walks in just as it looks like Clark is kind of on his knee proposing to Lana, although it's, they're not actually proposing, but he is giving her a, a big fuck off diamond ring. So it's close enough setup. Yeah. And it's another dumb Richard Lester setup. Richard Lester, if you're listening to this, I think he might be dead, but like, thanks for these, by the way. I hope so. Like, fuck, you said it, not me. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you, but you said it, not me. So we get a Lester horseshit slapstick. Oh, Jesus, he's still alive. Thing. there you go 80, 89 uh, years old just hanging in there eh? oh man he's next schumacher went first you know schumacher were really sinned against us like we're going back and finding out lester sinned against us at this point you know to... they let him make three fucking movies after this god uh did you see any of them nope there you go <laughs> i don't know what where were we at yeah he so he he like he doesn't even really hit brad he just kind of flings him off and that's the end of that arc i guess like, he learned his lesson, right? Like, he taught the bully the lesson to not be a scumbag around women. 
Sure. I, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so now we're back. We're back at the Daily Planet. Like, we're back in Metropolis. Things are cool. Lois is telling us about how she was kidnapped and revealed the giant corruption ring in Bermuda because just doing Lois Lane things. You know what I mean? She's got to do Lois Lane things in the background. Can I fucking watch that movie instead of this movie? I'd much rather watch fucking Lois, especially this Lois, fucking expose like a Bermudan corruption ring or whatever. And in my head, she does it and then she's like, the, it, running the investigation with a, a guy named Matches Malone also, you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> yeah, There you go. In the background, keeping her safe the entire time, there's a Batman or something like that. You know what I mean? You never see him. You never actually like deal with him, but he's just there making sure she doesn't fucking die yeah. the whole time. That would be great. Actually, we should write that. Like, I would watch <laughs> that fucking movie. Either way. Yeah, so she's telling him about this other thing, and then it's like she's super caught off guard when she meets Perry's new secretary, who is Lana Lang, who then shows her the giant fucking diamond on her like the size of my head that Clark gave her. So like, not only does he, okay, this is fucked up. All right. He fucks her, then mind wipes her or spins the world back far enough that she doesn't remember it either way. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on what you want to do. So now he's also flaunting his ridiculously, like he's flaunting his new smoke show, redhead milf from back home in front of her. You know what I mean? And he's giving her this giant fuck off diamond ring. Like (laughs) how big a prick is this Superman? to this Lois, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not her fault that they couldn't get together. It was his rule. Also, his rule said they couldn't be together because he's Superman. He's still Superman. Is he with Lana? None of this shit makes fucking sense. Who wrote this? A bunch of fucking dudes. (sighs) Either way, the lottery machine fucks up and Clark takes off to undo the Tower of Pisa, but not before Arnetto Tool I fucks him so hard he has to, like, disappear off screen. Otherwise, they would have combusted, basically. (laughs) Crystal Reed, fly by. Thank God. And we're done. (sighs) I hate you. <laughs> like I'd rather watch Batman forever 400 times and watch this shit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's start off with the things that uh, are actually worth enjoying in this movie, which are relatively few, but yes, Christopher Reeves still puts in a solid fucking performance as Superman. It is the only thing that makes this movie the least bit fucking watchable. Oh my God. Um, is it ever, you know, give, given what he is given to work with, it's, it's... he should have gotten an Academy award for his performance <laughs> in this movie, given what he was fucking scripted <laughs> to work with at this point. The thing I'll say is, is I liked, it was nice getting to see him spend some significant time back in Smallville because yep. You know, especially as an adult, like we only really saw that sort of as his, him uh, growing up in the last, well, not even in the second movie, only in the first movie. So, yeah. And like he, he and Annette O'Toole have good chemistry. It's not as yeah. like, it's not as spicy as him and Margot Kidder, but like. It's different, but it's yeah. still there and it's still good, but it comes at the expense of that like fantastic. Fun, yeah, the spicy. Lowest chemistry. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's that I don't think is necessarily better or worse. It's just different. Yes. I mean, I I just wish that we would have fucking. Oh, and before we get a message, before we get a message, we know she's the mom in Smallville. We get it. Yes. Like, we know. Because <laughs> yeah. somebody will say something, you know what I mean? It's like, well, they didn't mention that she ends up as the mom in Smallville. Like, we watch Smallville. We she know it's fine. Legacy. Yes. As much as we have forgotten, as much as everybody has 100% forgotten Smallville, I do remember. The only thing I remember is Milf and Ed O'Toole in Smallville. Plays Martha Kent against fucking Bo Duke as Oh god, that's right. Yeah, Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, that's so great. And uh, the casting, like the parent casting, was pretty good. Like even like Lucius Fox or uh, Lucius uh, Luther or what's his name? Lionel Luther. Jesus. Yeah, John Glover. John Glover. The parents were all very well cast in that show. 
nobody else was. <laughs> so yeah, like they, the I can't remember his name, but the guy the Lex Tom Welling. Uh, oh, I mean, oh Superman, Michael yeah. Rosenbaum. Michael yeah. Rosenbaum was good as Lex. Yeah, he's a better Flash than he's a Lex. <laughs> but uh, and I think fucking Annette O'Toole, Martha Kent, like ends up being president towards the end of that fucking show. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, at least a prominent politician or whatever. Anyways, we're not. She's a senator for Kansas or something like that. Either yeah, way, maybe, maybe. Wait, wait. If she was a senator for Kansas, is that that's McConnell, isn't it? <laughs> no, oh, that's Kentucky. He's Kentucky. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Kentucky. Yeah, it's God's yeah. worst in Kansas. <laughs> Can't save this movie, but the effects definitely do seem better overall and more consistent overall in this. Like they yeah. clearly, they've clearly gotten to the point where they've really dialed in the flight effects, the heat vision, the other like common superpowers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's all just over a fucking horseshit piece of garbage script and there is some very impressive set design that penthouse suite that webster has and the fucking like ski slope on top of the building like it's ridiculous but it's nicely designed and everything and it would be even better if they shot it like it didn't look like a fucking sitcom from 1986 (laughs) also you know what i mean like it's so it's horrible to look at it's brutally shot like it's just flat and dull i really want that spinning bar that robert vaughn has and uh or that webster has in that sweet as well that was pretty pretty badass yeah yeah Um, and then like the the whole like computer set in the cave was it was pretty impressive as well for the time like if i was sitting in a theater looking at that i'd be like yeah this is pretty fucking cool set at least yeah yeah cool like the set like the design's okay you know what i mean again it's just it gets so boringly shot like it's just everything looks like a tv show well it's a fucking comedy director trying to fucking shoot like sci-fi basically like yeah yeah so i don't know fucking hire a goddamn storyboard artist who can actually like line up your shots you know you've got 40 million dollars maybe hire a cinematographer yeah fucking proper dp yeah yeah I, I mean, as much as I don't like the whole premise, or at least the way they do it here of like the shitty Superman, you know, fucking Dick Superman, the battle between Clark and Dick Superman in the junkyard was like kind of cool is choreographed <laughs> decently. Well, it wasn't like all fucking stupid slapstick. It's the centerpiece of this movie. Yeah. It's the most interesting part of this movie. Whether it's good or not, it's like kind of up to whoever you are. It's so fucking random because it has like no emotional weight to it whatsoever because it's not set up in any way, shape, or form. You have no fucking clue what you're watching. It's just like, hey, here's a fucking random fight between two different personas of the same person. But we don't know why it's happening. But here it is. Yeah, like they barely even like allude to the rock having caused any of this kind of stuff. Also, yeah. it would have been more interesting if he'd like killed the kid first or something like that. You know what I mean? Like accidentally killed it or whatever. It, him, sorry, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> them. Yeah. The other thing I'll give this movie a little bit of credit for is that the whole uh, Lorelai as like uh, the subversion of the ditzy blonde trope. Yeah, I liked her. It's all like a put on, and actually, she's like really like she's the one that's fucking like really with it and yeah. to an extent manipulating the the webster's yeah um that that i kind of liked she's also an absolute fucking smoke show oh my god yeah but i mean that bit was pretty fucking ahead of its time like there are still people that do that sort of thing now yeah people will like applaud it which unfortunately means that that whole fucking ditzy blonde thing is still a pretty hard coded trope that you can subvert it and get props for subverting it. But yeah, but she like literally both gave us both wood. So like, how do you, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not qualified to argue with you at this point. <laughs> Cause I'm like, basically the first thing I said, I'm like, great. She was funny, but like also just ridiculously hot. So like I'm part of the problem. 
So yeah, there I mean, it is. It's, it's fine to be attracted to somebody and also acknowledge that they are smart and, you know, a, a decently dimensional character. If, it's, if it weren't for Christopher Reeve and Annette O'Toole's whatever happening, mostly just Christopher Reeve being amazing, like, she's probably the best part of the movie because, like, she's more entertaining than Richard Pryor is in this movie. Oh, unfortunately, you're, you're correct. Yes. And, like, not to speak ill of the dead, but, like, why would you do that? I mean, aside from needing the money. <laughs> Like he he's not very good in this movie at all. Like he's they're not using Richard Pryor to the best effect that you could use Richard Pryor to. You would have to make this an R-rated movie and probably not about Superman if you wanted to do like a proper Richard Pryor movie. Go see any of the movies he did with Gene Wilder to see what a proper Richard Pryor movie is. If you want to see two comic geniuses, also just like yeah. perfect comic timing on fucking film in front of you like, like go for that go watch those i just want to fucking slap whatever idiot fucking hollywood executive <laughs> decided like let's cast richard pryor who's famous for his like r-rated like raunchy yeah raunchy fucking comedy routines uh, uh, and cast him in this fucking pg movie where he can't do any of the things that he's best known for it's like when you hear eddie murphy was like supposed to be in what was he supposed to be in? That just sounds really wrong. Like, I know he's supposed to be in Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters at one point, yeah. right? But there was, was he supposed to be in a Star Trek? Oh, he was supposed to be in Star Trek Four. That's what it was. They originally wanted Eddie Murphy huh. for Star Trek Four, and I was like, that would be a completely different movie because Star Trek Four is cutesy, right? It, yeah, it's basically the same kind of movie as this is, right? Like it's kind of a family sci-fi action movie. And if could you imagine Eddie Murphy in that movie would be as bad as Richard Pryor is in this? Basically, is what I'm trying yeah. to say yeah. with all this kind of thing. It'd be exactly the same thing. And like, it doesn't matter how fucking funny either of those gentlemen are, and they're both hilarious. They're not saving this shit. You know what I mean? This, this is a bad movie, and Richard Pryor wasn't saving it. And they give him a bunch of physical comedy to do, and I will say, like, I feel like he was actually trying to... He put a decent amount of effort into trying to sell that physical comedy. Yeah, but he's not a physical comedian. Exactly. <laughs> it's like going to a fucking Bond movie, and you find out when you get there, it's a fucking rom-com. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just... It's such a shame, because... Like, if you told me, hey, we, like, there's this early 80s super mo- superhero movie and Richard Pryor and Robert Vaughn are the villains, I'd say, like, that sounds like it could be fucking amazing. But yeah. then the minute that you say, oh, it's a Superman movie, I say, no, that doesn't fucking work. No, not at all. Not at all. So, <sighs> I don't know. I can't, oh, I, mean, I can't, like, I have nothing to praise about this movie. You know what I mean? Like, aside from Christopher Reeve. Like who looks fantastic and is carrying everything about this movie on his shoulders. Everything else about this movie is terrible. The scripts like just abysmal. It's shot just terribly. It's none of it's funny. Like even the stuff that's supposed to be fucking like hilarious is like you may at best groan at it. You know what I mean? There's really no comedy in the movie either. I don't know. Some of the performances are like just dreadful like robert vaughn is fucking terrible in this the woman who's playing his sister's fucking terrible and i generally really like robert vaughn too he's, he's but some- he's he's like sticky like but he does sticky comedy stuff you know what i mean like he plays that smug villain guy in these Sometimes kinds of movies does, well the the role that i really like robert vaughn in is and i know i've talked up the series before and i need to i really want to go back and rewatch it is the uk series hustle Okay. Um, he plays like he plays to type in that. Like he is, uh, he's the like the person on that like gr- in this group of grifters that is the one that goes out and is like the the big fish kind of guy. Like he's the one that fools everybody. Fair. Thing. So it it works so well for him. But but I mean that's basically him playing a shtick version of every other character that he's ever done, kind of thing. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. He sucks in this. He does. Oh, and that's, I mean, the villain, villains are the biggest fucking letdown for me in this. Oh my sure. God. Like, yeah. After two movies with classic fucking Superman villains and like pretty solid takes on those classic Superman villains. Now we just get a movie that's just like, Hey, let's ignore all the other like super well-known canon villains, Superman villains that they could have used. And instead we'll just try and make something up from fucking scratch. Something but, but that's the problem. They don't even make it up from scratch. They literally do a Brainiac plot with no Brainiac. And then, in yeah. It. And then pull out the Brainiac. I know. absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, Il- Ilias Alkine did put through a fucking uh, version, like the first treatment of the script was a Brainiac story. And then yeah. you can tell like there's still some of those strains of that in here, but they've just like fucking diluted it and watered it down so hard because that absolutely yeah. makes sense. Like if you're going to do a fucking Superman movie that's focused on computers, why the fuck would you not make it a Brainiac story? Because it's exactly what we said in chat earlier. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, Mr. COVID. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, it's exactly what we said in chat earlier, right? Some fucking idiot Hollywood. It's some, it's some corporate executive in the 80s who's like nobody in real cinema coked out of his mind <laughs> like and what did i say like yeah coked out of his mind first of all obviously because everybody who's made this movie was clearly high on cocaine the entire time that's why any of these things seem like a good idea it's because it's cocaine is the answer to that question but the guy who's like the, yeah he's the cocaine out of like 30 something year old fucking scumbag hollywood executive that you're picturing in your head as i fucking describe him to you who's like wow we we got to take all this alien horse shit out nobody's gonna our sophisticated cinema audience who we're gonna put richard lester slapstick horse shit in front of (laughs) is so sophisticated that they can't deal with an alien from another planet who's also a computer when they are already dealing with an alien from another planet who is a god so like you're an idiot whoever you are and i hope that you're dead also (laughs) and then i the other two big fucking things for me, one is I think so much of what doesn't work in this is that the fucking premise is just aged like milk. Oh, like, the whole like prior, like Gus being a savant at computer programming on like 40 year old monochrome PCs and the whole shaving fractions of the cent off of paycheck transactions. Yeah. Like that, both of those things end up, you know, are, are just a fucking tired, tired ass trope. By See, series. but like at least then you, it would be compelling if like he was doing it and he didn't understand why it was happening because like Brainiacs infected him or something like that. So like yeah. the entire time he's possessed by Brainiac, and he doesn't kind of know it until you're like the computer's been built and like Superman's like, I, this is just a computer. You can't take me down. And he reveals himself as, you know, yeah, like fucking Richard Pryor's or- fucking face melts away. And like you see the cool Brainiac monster or whatever the hell they're going to do it like the big computer robot thing that they're going to make do it as do it as green brainiac do it as fucking robot brainiac either way either way yeah and then like yeah do yeah whatever you want to do right and then like have him like then have an actual fuck off superhero fight yeah god forbid as opposed (laughs) to just like acid and some like superman runs away after getting like put into a bubble yeah so i mean i you know and again i think that some of these are things that I mean, they weren't tropes in fucking 1983 uh, and they might have actually played a little bit better. And you might have come out of this movie saying like, that wasn't fantastic, but I was decently entertained kind of thing. But like since the premise, well, the problem is the premise is has aged like fucking milk and comedy is the most fucking perishable form of entertainment. And so those two things together mean that this whole thing has just fucking aged like like fucking terribly. And that actually makes me worry somewhat that some of the more comedic MCU movies 
of our generation might not age as well compared to like the more epic and like dramatic ones. Like I'm wondering how well guardians of the galaxy or Thor Ragnarok or Ant-Man are going to hold up in 10 or 15 years compared to like black Panther or civil war or Infinity game. War yeah. Game yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely like I had, I had a like similar thought where like, I'm like the problem is like, I feel like you would have watched this in the eighties and realized that like, this is uh, like a slapstick horseshit version of it. You know what I mean? I mean, Richard Lester was already a fucking dated director in the eighties kind of thing. Like the best stuff that he, or like best, I say in fucking air quotes, that stuff that he did was like in the fucking late sixties, early seventies kind of thing. Like he's 10 years past his prime. At this point. Yeah. And like, they still let Joel Schumacher do the Batman movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like, that's just, I don't know. After it, this, they still, yeah. Did they not fucking learn their lesson after this shit? 15 years later, they were like, yeah, sure. Those, those schlocky Superman movies have aged so well. Let's have a fucking like costume designer do acid trip Batman movies. Okay, so now that there's like a 40-year-long precedent that we have watched on the podcast, you understand why when Warner makes a movie, I'm just like... Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they've got like a 50% track record. 50? I want you to do the fucking math on that properly because I bet you it's not 50. I bet you it's not. I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like the uh, the Nolan trilogy really drags that figure up significantly. Oh, fuck. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That'd be the only thing really dragging it up significantly is those Nolan movies. Cause like, and Superman 1. Um, yeah, okay. But like... <laughs> There's fucking three more of those movies afterwards and all the theatrical cuts we've given negative reviews to so far. That's true. Right? Right? And we know how good Superman and, 4, dude. How good is Superman thing- Tim, how good is Superman 4? Oh, Spoilers. No, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing, too, is the way that fucking Warner handled Superman 2 is part of the reason that this fucking movie is garbage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How badly the studio fucked up the Donner version of Superman 2 is reportedly the reason Gene Hackman wouldn't yeah. come back as Lex Luthor. It's reportedly the reason that Margot Robbie has such a minimal Margot role, Kidder. Or sorry, my fuck, Margot Kidder has such a minimal role in this movie as well. And the, those are... No, I just kind of want to see Harley Quinn bouncing around these movies. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking randomly, there's Margot Robbie. Especially like modern uh, Harley. Yeah, that does, that's like, what I mean. Like, breaking, Margo, like Margot Robbie, yeah. Harley Quinn just shows up like in a weird... Deadpooling all over exactly. Superman 4. That, would, that I couldn't be anything but an improvement. I would watch these movies again if they did that. <laughs> They'd be the only way you would get me to watch these ever again. <laughs> yeah. And then the other major thing for me is that whole fucking synthetic kryptonite shtick all the way through, you know, turning Superman into a dick for some reason with a darker costume and a fucking five o'clock shadow that gets drunk in public does not fucking work for me. You can tell that Reeve was having fun with that. Yeah, absolutely. That that, that he was he was, you know, enjoying the opportunity to kind of act out. But it's just it was just shitty, lazy writing, which frustrates me. As a Superman, longtime Superman comic reader, because there are interesting stories that that have been told with that premise. Yep. You know, with the premise of Superman losing his conscience for whatever reason or becoming disillusioned or being under the influence of something that causes him to act out and, you know, be a danger to people because he, you know, that because he doesn't have that morality that that's yeah. the, the core of him. Yeah. Like this movie invented the red kryptonite trope that like exists throughout all Superman media, like going forward. Right. Like this, I mean, I'm sure it was in the comics first, but like this kind of codified it for like, yeah. it's always going to be in 
every fucking time they do a Superman, there's going to be like an episode where we find like red kryptonite or, you know, quote unquote red kryptonite like this, where it's like, you know, a synthetic green, but whatever. It has but, the same yeah. effect as the red ends up having kind of thing. Cause like they did it in Smallville and then they, yeah. they did it in Supergirl and like, they'll probably do it in Superman and Lois. And I know they did it in the stupid Dean Kane show back in the day that we watched for Terry Hatcher. And they probably did it in Superboy, the fucking TV show. And did they do it in the animated series? They, I bet you they did. I, I bet yeah, you, I, I guarantee you they did. did. Yeah. So like, yeah, the red kryptonite is now a trope that is carried through like all Superman media. And it's kind of popularized here, but I still don't want to give this movie any fucking credit for anything ever. So well, the thing is it. here, they, they never fucking properly explain it. You know, the, the, yeah. the, it's never really explained why he fucking splits into two personas. And like by today's standards, if they tried to fucking pull some shit like that, everybody would walk out of the theater and be like, what the fuck was that? They did oh, not yeah. set that up in any way. Oh and yeah. I just, you can't get away with that without a decent explanation set up today. And the reason why we probably don't bulk at it, as much as like a regular person would is because we're comic people. Right. So like mm. kryptonite kind of has that effect and we're aware of that effect that it has in on Superman just broadly. So like when you yeah. see the green rock, you're like, Oh, all this nonsense happened because he got the tar wrong. Like that was what, okay. Yeah. That turned regular kryptonite into red kryptonite, but like just green. Crypt- I mean, this movie's so fucking lazy. Like they didn't even turn the color of the goddamn rock. You know what I mean? Just and these movies are coming out at a time where Superman is waning in popularity. Absolutely, like we're, yeah. we're two yeah. years away from them doing a massive reboot of you know not just the character but the entire DC universe yeah. because they're realizing like we're losing people. We need to have like a you know pretty fucking hard reboot on most yeah. of our characters in order to update them and bring them make them more relevant. And so like not a lot of people are reading Superman comics at the times that these fucking movies are coming out. So most of the people that are going to see these fucking movies are, you know, casual viewers and would have, wouldn't have that frame of reference. Yep. So I don't know. It doesn't make it any better, I guess yeah. when we say it that way, <laughs> I don't know what else, what continue griping. Do you have anything else you haven't any vitriol you haven't yet spewed? I, I'm trying to think because like the big problem, like first of all, it like it just looks cheap. Like I know they spent forty million dollars on it, but the movie looks like shit. I was just amazed at how like, in spite of the fact that like filmed in Calgary, I know, but like the effects look good, but they're like everything is just shot, just matter of factly and kind of boring. Whereas like it has none of the epicness of the original two movies. Or it feels like if somebody let fucking Kevin Smith film a Superman movie. It, it honestly, it kind of does, you know. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I can't, I don't even want to shit in Kev's mouth that much. I mean, he's, he's funnier he's than done, this. Well, and he's gone back and done. It it feels like somebody let '90s Kevin Smith film. Yeah, but even '90s Kevin Smith is fucking funny. Yeah, I mean, now he's done like Supergirl episodes and shit like that. Yeah. He's obviously got some eye for it. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it feels like they. I mean, it feels like exactly what it is. It feels like they let a fucking comedy director direct yeah. a big budget superhero movie which yeah, is it's just really and it's and it's boring you know what i mean like that's the big the biggest sin of this movie is just like like the first hour feels like two like it's so dull to watch big chunks of this movie and i think it's the shortest one that we've watched so far is it because it feels like the longest it's 125 minutes yeah, so it's just a little bit longer than i think the donner cut is i think the donner cuts just under two or something like that or like just just over two either way it, it feels it like feels it's three fucking longer. hours long yeah, it's, it's really so drags. draggy yeah 
even even compared to the uh, the the theatrical cut of Superman two, um, oh. which was right around the same time, one hundred twenty si- one hundred twenty seven minutes. Go. This feels like it was like fifty percent longer than that. Yeah, it's just long sequences where you're talking to the villains and they're not really doing anything except for like watching. Because a lot of it's just like these three characters are going to watch Richard Pryor talk. Yeah. for fucking 15 minutes at a time and i'm like richard pryor's hilarious listening to him talk not when he's being scripted like this though yeah, like it's not just not reined in and yeah, yeah studio, it's not entertaining at all censored and like just i mean i hate the pitching lois off to the side stuff like that's annoying but like i guess like i get it because of the way they've told but like again like you if you nitpick it even like one layer down you're like wait but he's immediately going and hooking up with lana even though he said he can't be with anybody because he can't be with Lois, the love of his life, but he's fine hooking up with the hot redhead milf. Like that's okay. Yeah. What? 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 Yeah. What? Yeah. And the one that's, I mean, we already harped on that yeah. in the Batman movies, right? Is that they just can't fucking let any of these characters have a long-term romantic relationship. Yeah. Even, even the fucking Nolan movies, they couldn't let them do it. But especially like super, I mean, I guess it's not as like fucking codified as it was, as it is to me now in 2021. But like to me as, you know, 40 year olds, DC, well, comic book fan, I guess won't call me a DC fan <laughs> considering how much I shit on all this stuff. I'm just like, it doesn't make any fucking sense to a modern audience anymore when you're watching this that they can't be together because I've never known any other world. You know what I mean? Where like he, yeah. so and that's one thing I'll give the DCEU credit for is that they have had that you know Clark and Lois already you know already know each other already know the secret and like are in the much longer. I'm so fucking excited for that part of the show. That they're like it, we're ten years in. Like he's got yeah. kids. He's Superman. Superman. Like we're not doing like oh he doesn't know how to do any of this stuff. He's new to it. Yeah. Like all the Lois and Clark bullshit. And yeah, we're not doing any of the Lois and Clark horse shit. We've done we and we've done the origin of the new fucking super person. We saw Supergirl do all that stuff. We don't need to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just let me have Superman, who is just Superman. <laughs> And maybe he can meet Batman at some point. Because like, what the fuck's the point of doing a Superman show if you don't let him meet Batman? Especially in a shared universe like they already have, and they've already fucking name dropped the guy like three times. So like, give me some fucking Batman, goddammit. Anyway, yeah. Uh, do we want to finish this horse shit? <laughs> yeah, let's let's put this shit out of its misery. So, what is your final thoughts and your out of ten rating for Superman three? I'm gonna give this movie three out of ten because there's three things I like in it: <laughs> Chris Reeve, Annette O'Toole. And is it Pamela Stevenson? Or, What's her name? Yeah, Pamela Stevenson. The play, yeah, are the like the three like that are the shining lights of this movie? Granted, some of that may just be because the two of them are just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, Christopher Reeve's also just fucking ridiculously hot in this movie. So like, all of them are really easy to look at. And oh shit, she is uh, she's married Pamela to Stevenson somebody. Is married yeah. to Billy Connolly. She is Lady Lady Connolly. I was gonna bring that up. I, I had that in my notes, but I forgot because I knew you would like that because he's. Some British guy, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> oh, this is fucking comedies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so it's just those three. So I'm going to give this movie three out of ten because it's hot garbage. But uh, Christopher Reeve probably earns most of those three points. And then the two ladies also actually put some work in here. Uh, everybody else who's in this movie should be fucking ashamed of themselves. I don't want to speak ill of the dead because I love some of Richard Pryor's stuff, but he's fucking terrible in this. Like, he's just like the worst performance I've ever seen him. And I've seen a ton of his movies because I like him and Gene Wilder movies. Like, that was like, that was a genre to itself in the 80s was like, Mm -hmm. 
what year is it? Oh, 1982. I guess there's probably another Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor movie where they just buddy up and fuck around for two hours and are just <laughs> so insanely hilarious together because Gene Wilder is, you know, the funniest fucking man that ever lived or whatever. So, you know, morons. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a movie I kind of want us to review, but I have no idea how we do it. But like Blazing Saddles is just one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> so, yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. We're in a fucking... We need some comedy right now. Oh, so. God. I love that movie, man. Like, I know it's like the least PC thing in the world to talk about. But fuck, that movie makes me laugh like nothing else. <laughs> even like even now, like I've seen it 50 times and I still fucking howl at shit in that movie. Either way. Yeah, I mean, like the non PC stuff in it. They, there's some that does not pass muster today, but yeah, most of most of it is commentary. Yeah, you know, well, that's why I think it's so good, because I'm like, you know, what? most of this isn't that offensive because it's really like satire. Like it's he's commenting yeah. on it also. And it's, it's Mel Brooks. He's a Jewish man. He's allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants when it comes <laughs> to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So either way, yeah, Blazing Saddles, maybe someday. But for now, three out of ten so far, <laughs> this is the worst Superman movie we've watched. Now, I'm Not curious. I'm curious, though, if Superman four, because it's just such schlock will be more entertaining to watch than this where it's like they were trying to put together a big movie and it just fucking falls in on itself. That movie, you know, they like they were like, fuck this. Who gives a shit? Basically. Right. (laughs) So maybe it's got a little bit more of that, like more like of that. What do you call it? Like like the red letter media kind of like we've just best of the worst. But like it had like more of a best of the worst kind of energy to it than this does. Like this is just bad, but that could definitely be like best of the worst material. So we'll see. (laughs) And then there's Superman Returns, which I also know is just complete fucking dog shit. So like (laughs) I feel like Superman four might be more fun to rip on, but a uh, yeah. genuinely worse fucking movie. So uh, probably, we'll but like we'll out. we'll find out. Unless the COVID gets me, and like God willing, you know, so I don't have to watch Superman four at this point. Just take me COVID, please. But we'll see. Uh, I'm be hacking say- up. I'll do it. Just like I'll be like on my deathbed, like coughing into a microphone. Like this movie's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Great, fantastic. This episode's getting real dark because of me, eh? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna. I'm in the same place. <laughs> Tim, uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, All right. I am also sitting at a three out of ten on Superman three. It is pretty fucking awful. Oh my there god. There are a few elements of it that make it marginally watchable. That I'm not that I'm in any fucking rush to rewatch it, but just none of the watchable elements can really save. Just a such a fucking bad premise and shitty script and shitty shooting. We watched it so you don't have to, and we will continue to do so. <sighs> Regardless of what the fucking costs to our mental state. <laughs> hey, I feel like this is we're exercising demons right now. Is that what we're doing right now? That's that's how I'm gonna frame it. <sighs> So before I lose Mark entirely, let's move on to our final segment, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might enjoy. So, Mark, what is your Geek Cred for this week? Um, it's, it's actually it's a band, and it's something Tim talked about on the 90s episode a couple weeks ago. I've been listening to a bunch of 5440. Right? Actually, did you bring it up on that? We were talking about it before that. And I don't know. I, as I'm trying to find another Canadian band to glom onto in the wake of awfulness uh, that I won't mention again. I mean, I've always got the tea party. So like, there's that, but like, I'm just kind of just listening to a bunch of random shit. I'm just enjoying the fact that Spotify lets me listen to whatever the fuck I want. So that's my geek cred. Really? It's just like, go listen to a bunch, whatever you want to. There's all the music in the world is at your fingertips. Music therapy. Go fucking listen to something good that you like. I was listening to 
this is gonna like a very familiar story, but I was listening to Milk Toast by Helmet, and I was like, I want to do like a listen along just with that song because it's like it's perfect. Like it's just it's so grimy and like perfect. I love it. So I don't know. I was having a little moment where I was like, do we do an episode? Is it so? Is it too self indulgent for you and I, a bass player and a drummer, to do a episode about our favorite rhythm sections? <laughs> I think we can get away with that. We should put that on the docket because I feel like I want to do that episode at some point in the near future. Probably cut this out so it's not a spoiler. But either way, uh, yeah, just get in whatever you wherever you get your music, Spotify, Apple Music. If you download it like like Tim does or buy it like other people do, I don't know, whatever. Just enjoy <laughs> that you have the all of it. Like I'm just thinking back to myself at like you know 14, 15, 16, buying records like it was going out of style, and it literally was basically, and I didn't know it like an idiot, and just. Like, man, I can listen to whatever song I want any time of the day or night because Spotify is right there. That's pretty cool. So enjoy that because I did after watching Superman 3 twice this week. (laughs) Uh, My get good for this week goes to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, not the movie, but the comic book. Uh, It was a black label magazine format for issue miniseries that was definitely marketed sort of as a kind of tie-in to the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie that came out like a year ago. It seems like way more than a fucking year ago than that movie came out. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, the, the miniseries is by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, who are largely responsible for the popularization in the last 10 years or so of uh, Harley Quinn as a character. Yeah, I don't recognize Harley when she's written by anybody else anymore, which is kind of weird. But like well, any, anybody else at this point is basically trying to ape them. Pretty yeah, much. Well, that's what I mean. They're so good at it, though. Like I've read their like bits and pieces of their run together on Harley Quinn, and they're just like they fucking nail that character. Like yeah. Amanda Connor just like understands that character. Anyway, fantastic. Yeah, and this stuff. is okay. and this is very much more of that, more of the same. Like, they nice. did that really fun run on like that was like seventy something issues. Yep. Uh, on the Harley Quinn solo book, it features a pretty epic confrontation between Joker and Harley, and also because it's black label, they can get away with like actual cursing and racier jokes than usual, and no full on nudity. There is no Joker Dick in this one, like we got in. We got Batman, Bat Dick, Batman yeah. Damned, in yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Bat Dick and Batman Damned. But it definitely is racier. PG thirteen, maybe even A rating in Canada, if you remember Fair. A ratings. Yeah, PG thirteen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's running around the same line as the TV show, then basically just in comic book form. Maybe like yeah, less, yeah, less, less zany. Yeah, it probably feels, it feels like uh, yeah, like a precursor, a spiritual precursor to the Harley Quinn animated series. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah, in a way, but it had a really weird publishing because it started coming out uh, last year around when the Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey movie came out. I mean, it features like the same group of characters like Harley's definitely the core of it, but it also has Huntress and Cassandra Cain and Black Canary and Renee Montoya in it. That you know what? I'm gonna take my geek cred back. Don't listen to music, you assholes. Go watch <laughs> Harley Quinn the TV show. I think we've recommended it before, yeah. but like, oh my god, that show was fucking hilarious. Like, and I know I think I've shit on it because I was like, oh, it's I didn't like how racy it was. Once I like sunk into it, I was like, this is fucking fantastic. And it's because it's really well written on top of everything else. Pretty, like, it's, yeah, it's pretty meta. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, good. It's so, uh, yeah, like the, anything Harley Quinn lately has been pretty good. Yeah. So if you're getting it like Jimmy Palmiotti or Amanda Connor stuff, that stuff's excellent. 
and the TV show is fucking fantastic. And the movie was good too. Like it, they did a lot of good Harley Quinn shit in 2020 or like leading up to 2020. So. This one is weird because like the first couple issues came out and then COVID hit and like comic book publishing just stalled yeah. for a few months. And then the last two issues of it didn't come out until like the last couple of months. And so like it, it's a four issue miniseries that was released over the course of like almost fucking 12 months. Even though I'm sure it was fucking in the can and they just uh, you know were holding on to releasing it for whatever reason. I would have had to have been in the can. If they were three issues in, that penciler should have been done by then. Like that should have been well through the art stages, the next two well, issues. Connor kind of and Kamiati that did the art as well, right? Because they well, that's what I mean. Like they should be well yeah. they should be well on their way to being done the art. I don't know who colors them, but yeah, they would they would have been well, like just from like a production standpoint, they would uh, they, should, they probably got sat on. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. So. Yeah, solid miniseries. So if you were a fan of that Connor and Palmiotti Harley Quinn run, then and you have not checked that yet out, I definitely recommend you do so. Nice. All right. With that, we can finish off for this week. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. If you would like to tell us, if you for some reason think that we have a totally wrong take on Superman 3 and you think it is the best piece of cinema ever to have been committed to cellulose then you can let us know that on our facebook page which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast i will come in and make fun of you you do that though because you're wrong and this movie is a god-awful abortion you can also- should be buried in a lake of fire yeah like et style in a pit in the desert yes but never dig it up again like they did with the et cartridges under a car f- like tire fire basically that never goes out under that you can also email us at dancer dance podcast at gmail.com you can get at us on twitter at drd underscore podcast and if you're not already subscribed to our podcast you can do so on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher and wherever podcasts can be found say good night mark don't watch superman 3 good night though yeah don't i mean Maybe do because get really plastered first, like get really fucking high first and then like watch it as like a best of the worst. Like, ah, we're having a good time watching this terrible, terrible movie. This whole series and like the Batman series also should have been done with us in person because at least then we could have got fucked up and watched these together uh, and then reviewed them as opposed to watching them separately where they're really depressing. And we're just messaging each other back and forth about how. Like we hate like each other, high, and like why did you do this? Drunk we are while yeah. watching them, and why did you make me do this? I had to smoke three joints in an hour to get through this piece of shit. <laughs> what the fuck? And that's kind of like legit what happened the first night I watched it. I was like halfway through it, and I was like, I can't do it. I'm going to smoke another joint. I've already smoked two. I'm going for a third. Like I'm, I, I need to be so. like unconscious. So, so send us donations for doing this public service of uh, of. <laughs> Of watching this movie so that you realize that you never have to ever again. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put the Patreon or the Bias a Cup of Coffee link up this week yeah. and like get that started so you guys can pay us for this horse shit. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should be getting paid for this. It's kind of painful. Anyway. All right, we will talk to you next week when uh, we discuss it being Agatha all along. Wait, is that is it next week? Ooh, we get to do wonderful. Tomorrow is the penultimate episode, and then next week is the season finale. So, oh my god, it's gonna be so nice. There's gonna be WandaVision sandwiched by like the worst <laughs> Superman shit. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> it's I love gonna it. Have just fucking total whiplash. It's gonna be. It's gonna, it's gonna be like super mood whiplash as I come in glowing one week. Like, oh my god, guys, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to television. 
and like in between weeks where I'm like, oh my fucking god, I hate fucking Richard Lester is a fucking hack, and I hope he's dead. Wait, he's still alive. Like th- that means I have a chance to kill him myself. Perfect. <laughs> I'm on board. Like that's how bad it is. Anyway, that's incriminating. Yeah. Good night, guys. <laughs> Glad nobody listens to this fucking podcast. <laughs> if, if Richard Lester dies this week, it wasn't us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. That's good. Good. That's good, Tim. That's good. Bye.